Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Blue Ngo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Good afternoon, Courtney. Thank you for joining us. Hello. It's so nice to be here. Yes, um, uh, we're in the future, by the way. And so good morning from us. And we're so excited to finally make this happen with you. I'm so excited to talk to you today um, about um, the topic of self-honesty towards self-acceptance. It, it's a really interesting topic because I don't think we talk about this very often. And you're the expert. So today we would be uh, very excited to collaborate with you and hopefully spread the message to our audience and because the podcast is all about well-being, there will be, you know, definitely a touch on well-being and how we factor that into uh, managing our well-being as well. So as we begin, I always like to interview my guests by uh, and introducing them, let, letting them introduce themselves, actually. And so I would love for you to do the same so that the audience can get to know you better. Um, and there you go. Um, please introduce yourself. My pleasure. Well, my name is Courtney, Dr. Courtney Warren, and I am a clinical psychologist, a board-certified clinical psychologist in the United States. Um, my background is all in addictions and eating pathology and relationships. And so I went to graduate school really interested in understanding how to help people heal, as most psychologists or mental health practitioners are focused on, right? We want to help people. Um, and one of the most shocking realizations that I had as I started learning about human nature and how to help people with more severe mental illness heal is that my biggest obstacle to getting them to evolve and change is that they couldn't be honest with themselves. And so that launched some of my work around, which is really centered around what is self-deception? How do you embrace a more honest view of yourself and the world so that you can really make changes that promote your well-being and so that you're living the life you really want to live. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Courtney. I think um, with that context, um, our listeners would be really excited to find out more about self-honesty, which is uh, what you promote very regularly. And in fact, I think because we have each other on LinkedIn, I see your post uh, every now and again, I and I really love this topic. So let's dive into the podcast by first of all, getting to know you a bit better. We have the first section we call, Have You Met Dr. Courtney Warren? Where we get some of your recommendations about uh, some of the things that you have been enjoying lately. And um, these might be uh, enjoyed by our audience after this episode. So are you ready? Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Great. Okay. First thing first, what would what book would you recommend? The most common recommendation that I give to people is called A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. 
It is a book that I assign to all of my graduate students. It is also a book that I think is profoundly relevant to any human being because it is a story about Viktor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist, a Jewish psychiatrist who ended up in a Nazi concentration camp and survived and ended up creating a platform to understand meaning in life, essentially, where he argued that there is really no inherent meaning in life accept the meaning that you give it. And so it is our job as humans to figure out what matters to us and make meaning of our life independent of whatever circumstances you may find yourself in. Whether they're really positive or really negative, your job is to find a way to create meaning for yourself. And that is such a profound and provocative message. And it's a phenomenal book. So highly recommended to anyone out there. Absolutely. I really love that recommendation. And in fact, I think I, I started reading this book, um, I think about last year. Um, so 2021. Oh, yeah, um, I had this really invigorating conversation with one of my colleagues. And we we talked about what we should read, you know, what we should put on our reading mm -hmm. list to, um, you know, go through all the lockdowns, especially because I'm, I'm based in Melbourne. We went through <laughs> six lockdowns. Um, and by that point in 2021, it was really tough. Uh, but mm -hmm. we had amazing discussions about the fact that it's not about uh, the situation, it's about what you make of it. And um, of course, you know, we are still so privileged nowadays to be able to communicate with our loved ones, even just virtually throughout the pandemic. And I think for us, when we started picking up the book and, and read it, I think for my colleague, it was the second time that she read it. For me, it was the first time. Um, mm -hmm. We had a really good discussion and it just put things into perspective. So mm -hmm. I love your recommendation and of course, really highly recommend And Perhaps I need to read this again um, this year because, yeah. you know, it's a new tech each year you read it, right? Always. You always pick up something different. Always yeah. pick up something new. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Love that. All right. So let's move on to the next one, which is a movie that you would recommend. Oh, I am a huge football fan, National Football League football fan, American football, which makes no sense, obviously, since we're throwing the ball. Um, <laughs> so it's called football. Um, and I also love like sci-fi. So my movie recommendations are not very academic or even sophisticated. I just watched The Matrix on yeah. a plane, which was reminded me of how much I love The Matrix. I love Indiana Jones, that yeah. entire series with Harrison Ford. Um, what else? I'm just reading Harry Potter with my daughter for the first time. So I saw those movies, which were also really compelling. I liked a lot. Yeah. So those are, I, I usually, I'm either watching sports or some version of an action movie. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I especially love your <laughs> Harry Potter recommendations because I'm a Potterhead. So when you said oh, Harry Potter, I'm like, yes, <laughs> really yeah, happy to hear that. I'm learning. I'm learning about it. But it's such a compelling story. Really interesting. Really yeah, absolutely. It. Absolutely. I think and, and for me, like this is just a fun fact. Like, I've read it about three times now. And okay. each time I see the story differently. And that's how interesting it is for me, like, especially because mm. I, uh, I first read it when I was a little kid, of course. And then, you know, now that I've grown up, I'm like, I still want to read it again. And it's just still great. You know, it's, it's good for all ages. <laughs> uh, yes, can't argue. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so this is a must ask on our show. Which podcast would you recommend? Oh, my gosh. 
I I really love the Hidden Brain, mm. which is on National Public Radio here in the United States. Yeah, uh, it does a lot of stories on research on the unconscious mind and what drives our behavior in ways that we're really not aware of at the time, which you can imagine is right up my alley. I find it completely yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that. And I think I've heard the name before. Some uh, One of my colleagues actually recommended it. But now that you oh. said it, I definitely need to listen to it today. So I'll definitely do that once we are done with the podcast recording. I'm excited. Great. How about a famous role model or just your personal role model? It doesn't have to be a famous person. Oh, role model. I probably have many, but the first person that comes to mind is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, who was a Supreme Court justice in the United States, the second female who recently died. Probably many people know of her. There was a, a documentary. There's a documentary recommendation that came out about her pretty recently. Uh, just stood up for what she really believed, an incredibly bright, very ethical woman who lived her life very authentically. She said what she thought. She articulated her arguments very clearly. She was not loud and aggressive in, the, in your face. She was just very clear and responsible and smart. And I have so much admiration for that. Hmm. Yeah, I really love that. Of course, you know, I'm not super familiar with uh, figures in the US as of yet. I'm still learning a lot. But I think the past year, I've heard a lot about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg from my friends, from my circles, people start discussing her life. And it's still a learning process, even though she's passed, I think her legacy will live on. So that's great. She did a lot for human rights, really, in the United States. Women's rights, certainly. Yeah. Um, just a powerhouse of a person. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Really inspiring. Fantastic. Sure. So I know that you have students, you teach students about uh, self-honesty and beyond. But how yes. about a course that you have completed, if, if there's any? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have to take continuing education courses as well to keep yep, my licensure here, which is really a good thing, actually. I just took a course on forgiveness that I very much enjoyed. Probably one of the hardest things that we need to learn to do as humans. Also something that is relevant to well-being and to self-acceptance, yep. uh, That one of the topics of, of, of ours here today. Um, because learning to forgive yourself and others when they hurt you or when they deliberately do something that hurts you is really part of letting go of an attachment to negativity that will fester in you and ultimately hurt you and all of your relationships moving forward. So I found that very interesting. I also took a course on behavioral addictions, which is... Um, any kind of process or behavioral addictive behavior, gambling, eating sometimes can be considered an addictive behavior. Uh, love, I just wrote a book on a self-help book on love addiction and breakups. So when you feel like you just can't get over your ex and you almost feel addicted to them, you can't stop thinking about them, you're craving them. Um, I think this is a topic that we're actually going to end up confronting a lot more in the world moving forward, especially as things are much more online. The idea of internet addiction and pornography addiction, I think, is probably going to be much more in our discussions moving forward about how to manage your own behaviors and how they can look addictive and then what you need to do to overcome them. Wow, that is so fascinating. And I just... 
I could feel your love for learning when you just talked about these things, and you know, you oh, just good. you just you just keep oh. learning new things. I just love that yeah. you're sharing what you picking up even now that you're you know you're teaching others, but you're still picking up new knowledge. I really love that. Always, we're there's always more to learn. We're never done, ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. The world will continue to bring us opportunities to learn about ourselves, hopefully get honest with ourselves, learn about those around us. And I think you don't want to lose that thirst. You don't want to lose that desire to grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's really sad if you're staying stagnant because it really means that you've stunted your own opportunity for growth. And what else are we here for? We're here yeah. on this planet to live and living means you're going to have learning opportunities along the way. Hmm. I love that. Actually, uh, our team started this really fun activity where we submit questions. And one of the questions just to discuss amongst ourselves, um, because we yeah. also love lifelong learning. That's one of the key pillars of our brand. And we were talking about um, one of the questions that I find really fascinating. And you just maybe answered that actually, is what is the purpose of humanity? So... Uh I feel like you uh -huh. just answered that for us because that has been on my mind the couple, the past few days. I, I was like, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I guess to to learn about the world and to make it a better place, but, you know, in different ways, because we have so many different um, areas and, you know, like uh, especially specialties. Like it's just, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in, let's say, researching about uh, honest self-honesty, but I would love to learn more about it, for example. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, same thing for others. So that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, you will love Viktor Frankl's book even more now than with yeah. that question, since it's all about really finding meaning in your life. But I think from a psychological perspective, a lot of the things that are best for your mental health are also associated with what we would generally describe as the highest level of humanity, the best of humans, humans yeah. who care about each other, who yeah. treat each other with respect, who have grace and gratitude and forgiveness and empathy and endurance. These traits, these characteristics that you really have to work on over the course of your life. In my opinion, that's why we're here. Your goal is to become a more evolved person when you leave this planet than when you got here. Mm. I love that. Such a beautiful message. Yeah, such yeah. a beautiful message. I'll have to tell my team that. I'll answer the questions. This is what Dr. Courtney Warren said. Okay. Good, please. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Um, all right. So we have got to know you a little bit better. And I am very excited because I know that you're the perfect person to talk to about this topic. Um, and I, I know, I hope this podcast will go on forever, but we have a certain set of questions so we'll go through them. Um, and just to reiterate, the topic of today is self-honesty, one step towards self-acceptance. And so before we go into the topic, we always start um, the sort of the discussion by setting the scene first, because this show is about well-being. So first of all, to you, Dr. Courtney, what does well-being mean? Well-being is really a sense of spiritual, physical, emotional health. It's existing in the world from a holistic, healthy place. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're not going to have hardships. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have pain, but it means that you're healthy enough that you can get through it. Mm. 
that's a really good take on it because I think we always try to unpack the true meaning of well-being and because it means different things to different people. Um, you already sure. touched on this a little bit. You know, you said you said that there's not it doesn't mean that there's no pain and doesn't mean that there's no um, hardships. Um, and that is one of the misconceptions about well-being. But on mm -hmm. the other hand, I feel like there might be a bit more to it because when we talk about well-being there there are a lot of there's a lot of discussion around oh you know it's it's about you having um your you know your, your physical health is great your mental health is also great um but i think there's more to that so there there might be some other misconceptions that people are not aware of so to you what are some of the other misconceptions when it comes to well-being i think that one of the, the biggest misconceptions that I run up against with people is actually around happiness. And, and you're alluding to that. And, and this idea that you have to be maximally healthy physically or maximally functional. And the reality is that's actually really not a reasonable expectation, nor is it reasonable for any of us to be happy all of the time. Happiness is an emotion. It's going to fluctuate. Uh, it isn't a trait. It's a reactive emotional experience. And so I think that you can still have a very grounded, authentic well-being within yourself and experience a lot of hardships along the way. Mm -hmm. If you have an illness, a physical illness, for example, does it mean that you can't have a good well-being? To me, it certainly doesn't. You can have a very high level of well-being and be physically ill because the goal is really to take whatever your life circumstances, who you are, how you are, and make it a life that you really want to live. And so maximizing, I don't know, is I think you're always going to be striving for more and probably less and less satisfied with what you have, which is not going to lead to very large psychological well-being from my perspective, because you're you're really going to struggle with being content mm. in life. Yeah. Um, taking care of your health certainly is part of your well-being, but also being empathic to yourself and understanding of the world that you're in and your circumstances and being okay with what those things are and, and appreciating what you do have and what you can do, I think leads you to a higher level of well-being over the course of your life, certainly. We're all going to get older. We're all going to get more impaired in many ways. And I would hate to think then that, you're, that your well-being diminishes. Mm. The goal is to have a relatively high quality of life, I think. And yeah. you can do that across the course of your life. And it may look very different in your teens, than your 20s, than your 30s, than your 80s. But you can still have a high level of well-being in each of those stages. Yep. I really love that. It's such a powerful message because uh, you are right. That is one of the biggest misconceptions. And um, I've been reading a lot uh, about just reading stories and reading up on um, different aspects of life, including trauma. And for some mm -hmm. people, you know, it's, it's just as simple as going through their day. And it's, it's not about going through the highs. It's just maintaining their well-being by being able to wake up early in the morning, pick, uh, get their coffee and being able to have a regular conversation with a colleague or a friend. Like that's already, um, that already to them means that they have good well-being. 
Um, and so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not about saying that, yeah, I'm, I'm great in all aspects, but it's about, well, the, this aspect is not great, but overall my well-being is good because I can manage it, right? Yes. Absolutely. I'm strong enough to get through whatever comes my way and yeah. still enjoy my life, appreciate myself, appreciate what I do have, appreciate the gifts and beautiful things around me. Mm. I really love that. What a beautiful message to start with. Okay, so now we are going to get a bit closer to the key topic of today. So the first thing that we want to talk about is let's define the topic. So to you, what is what does self-honesty mean? Self-honesty is being able to tolerate the truth as objectively as humanly possible and sitting with it. Mm. So when I talk about self-deception, which is the opposite of self-honesty, it's usually characterized either by refusing to believe something that's true. You just absolutely cannot handle it. So you will create an alternative reality that you can handle mm. or believing something that's objectively false. You create an alternate reality that absolutely is not true, but you believe it's true and you dig your heels in and you're not going to change your mind. We yeah. humans are excellent at doing both of those things. And so when I think about self-honesty, the goal is really in, in life, across life, is to be able to see yourself, your life, people in your life, as brutally honestly as possible, as radically true as possible, and be able to tolerate that as true and not have it break you. Mm. Because if you can see the truth about a situation, you are now empowered to respond to it right. in whatever way you choose to. Until I can get you to see reality, however, I can't help you change in healthy ways mm. because you will stay mired in your self-deceptive reality. And it's probably going to feel better because it's protective. It keeps you from acknowledging things that are scary and painful and uh, everything that you want to shut out. I don't want to think about death. I don't want to think about that. I am jealous. I don't want to think about that. My, you know, father is not speaking to me treat nicely, or I had this really difficult childhood experience that I just, I'm just going to push it away. Mm. Easier to push it away. But you can't really push it away. It's going to come out because it's a part of you and your experience. And so that really is the journey of self-honesty is trying to get yourself to pause and in the most clear way possible, see the truth as it exactly is in the world around you. And then now you have a choice. What are you going to do with that information? That choice gives you more power than anything else I could give you hmm. in creating well-being in your life. Wow. I need to take a moment to digest that. That's an amazing way to start this conversation because uh, what I have found is there, I think this is one aspect of, uh, of communication of our lives, right? One is we are honest in conversations with others. And, and now we're getting to the next level, which is honest in conversations with ourselves. That's what I'm hearing because, yeah, yeah because it's not just about um, 
talking about yourself with others in a way that you're embracing yourself, but this is one level deeper because you're the only one that knows this. No one knows. <laughs> you're the only one that knows if you're honest with yourself. And mm -hmm. I think that's really challenging because mm -hmm. a lot of the time it's just easier to say, no, it's fine. This is, this is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm great. But in reality, I have found, especially for me, when it's really tough, I would just sit down with myself. And in the past, it was really uncomfortable to say, this is not great. Mm -hmm. you, you need to somehow work on this. But as, mm -hmm. I, you know, as I grew older, a bit more responsible, adulting, you know, taking charge of my life, I'm like, I'll sit down mm -hmm. with myself. And some moments when it's really tough, I'll just say, well, that's tough. This is mm -hmm. not, not how I want it to go. Mm -hmm. I definitely messed up. I need to do mm -hmm. something about this. And mm -hmm. I think acknowledging that really helps. And of course, there's so much more that I need to do because I, I think the self-work never ends. But just hearing mm -hmm. that message from you is already really empowering to me. Good. I hope so. I think it's it's so scary, as you described in your example of yourself, because the reason we don't admit the truth to ourselves is because it hurts. We're going to lie to ourselves most often in the areas where we feel most insecure or harmed. Mm. So of course you don't want to admit those things. It's so <laughs> uncomfortable. It's like, ow, 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 seriously, do I really have to like look in the mirror and see this? This sucks. It absolutely does. And so that's why we do our little magic tricks and dance around it and try to create our alternative realities. Um, but... It is really the most important thing you can do for yourself to live the most authentic life possible because you can't change something you can't admit. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And I can't help you change it either. Mm. So being really deliberately, conscientiously interested in getting more honest with yourself, to me, is the key to creating the life you actually want. And it takes a lot of deliberate effort because I can't ask you how you lie to yourself. You probably can't tell me because you can't tell yourself. So yeah. <laughs> it takes a tremendous amount of practice. It takes a lot of awareness. It takes a lot of pausing. And I know we're going to get to, you know, some skills that people can practice yeah. a little bit later, but um, it takes a strong desire to want to do it. It's not going to happen by accident. Wow. Yes, totally. I, that just reminds me how much more work I need to do. <laughs> it's not going to be easy, but you know what? It's worth it. And like you said, it's it's all about uh, getting deep within yourself to really unpack it because, yeah, you cannot help me. I cannot help my friend. We all need to do this by ourselves. So today we're here to, to understand how to do that. And so I'm excited because this this is going to be really hard. And uh, while I'm having this conversation with you internally, in my head, I'm debating about the things that I'm not honest with myself about. And then, you know, I'll probably have to do some work on that um, a bit later mm -hmm. after this chat, um, because I want to be here with you now. Let's move on and continue to talk about this a bit more. So we've talked about self-honesty. You've described it to us about how mm -hmm. challenging it's going to be and about how we are the only ones that can do that. One of the factors mm -hmm. that we also want to touch on today is obviously self-acceptance, as we mentioned earlier. So uh, we want to do that because there's definitely a correlation between self-honesty and self-acceptance. So the, mm -hmm. the next in the next part, I would love for you to help us define self-acceptance. 
What does it mean? It's really a fundamental appreciation for who you are and your value as a person. And the the reason these two constructs are so important to talk to about together is that the more honest with yourself you are, the more you're going to have to admit some things that are pretty ugly about you, about your relationships, about your upbringing, about whatever it is. And that can really give your self-acceptance a hit, right? Because it'll, it can really target that self-esteem. Like your self-esteem, even just for a millisecond after you admit some of these things about yourself, will go, oh, that hurts. I feel bad. I feel worse about myself. The flip side of that, though, is that the more you esteem yourself, the better you feel about who you are as a person. The more self-acceptance you have, the easier it's going to be for you to tell the truth because you're going to be able to see these things about yourself without having such a strong, dramatic reaction to them. So the next, as you practice this, the next time something really ouch comes into your mind, you're going to go, oh, you know what? I am like that. I have struggled with that for decades. That is something that I, you know, I thought I had done that, my work around that. Nope. Apparently I just stepped in the same pothole that I've been in 500 times before. Yep. Pause. Let me figure this out. And you will be able to recover so much more quickly because you accept that this is who you are. This is something that's true of you and something that you're aspiring to work on. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And it doesn't mean that you're worthless. And it doesn't mean you're unlovable. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that you're on a human journey, which will go for the entirety of your life to continue to evolve in the ways that you need to evolve. Yeah. I really love that. It it sounds that like it's not about being okay with what is happening and, and who you are right now, but it's more so embracing who you are and knowing what you need to work on. Because I think um, there might be a misconception that, you know what, it is self-acceptance. It is very important. So I'm just going to do whatever. And I'll just say, you know what, that's fine. Like I do this bad thing and that's okay. I accept myself. It's not about that. It's more so I accept myself as I am. And I know that was a bad thing that I did. I'm going to work mm -hmm. on that. So mm -hmm. yeah, th that is what I'm learning from this. Yes. You, and you're, you're highlighting another misconception, I would say, about self-acceptance and about forgiveness, actually. They're related, which yep. I think a lot of people think that accepting yourself or forgiving someone means that you approve of the behavior. So accepting myself means that I have to approve of everything I do, or I have to forgive these inappropriate, horrendous behaviors that someone else is doing. That is not true. That is not self-acceptance. Um, you can absolutely still accept that you have value as a person and see who you are, your characteristics, your personality traits, your interests, your values, these things that are really fundamental to who you are, who make you, you and unique. That doesn't mean, does not mean that you get out of bad behaviors unscathed. You are always responsible for how you choose to act in this life. 
always. There is absolutely no way that anybody's coming into my office and having anything other than that reality be true. So when that happens, the goal of self-acceptance is more about, I see that I have a tendency to do this. I acted this way and I really feel badly about it. It really wasn't okay. I hurt my friend. I hurt my family. I hurt myself. The self-acceptance part is being able to see that it's true, the self-honesty, and say, and I care about myself enough and I care about other people enough that I am going to work on this so I don't continue doing the same thing again. Yeah, that is really powerful. But I actually think it's hard. It's really challenging because, of course, we are better at noticing things about others than we notice things about ourselves sometimes. And it starts with self-awareness, which is another construct that we want to mention, right? Yes, And I think, I I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I find that for self-awareness to be helpful, it it takes a lot of self-work. And sometimes we want to be aware of how we behave. We want to understand exactly what it is um, in the context of our interactions with others, um, and and to have that self honesty, we need to to really unpack what happened, if mm-hmm. our behavior was wrong or right. And um, I feel like this these constructs are all interrelated, but there's definitely more to it because as much as we do our self work in a situation, we can only be at as objective as we try to be, and then there will be you know other people's um, feedback and opinions to help us understand it better. Um, because again, we are still somehow we'll have certain biases. Somehow we'll have um, a way of thinking that is more subjective than um, objective. And and so I really want to ask you to help us understand the three constructs and how we can, you know, do some more self work and get there. Because we we might mm-hmm. not be that self awareness. We might we might say actually I'm great, without realizing mm-hmm. there are some areas that we need to work on. And that deceive ourselves from being honest in the first place. So self-awareness, mm-hmm. self-honesty, and self-acceptance. Let's talk about mm-hmm. these three constructs and their relationships. Let's do it. I preach a lot about self-awareness. And I I actually have three A's. I call them the three A's of authenticity. Yeah. Awareness, assessment, and action. Awareness, assessment, and action. Yep. Which is really the process that I use to help people start to become more self-honest. And when you start focusing on self-awareness, what I would recommend is that you actively attempt to be as objective as possible. Detach from yourself. Imagine that you were talking to a friend who is you. As soon as you have any emotional reaction to anything in your life, pause pause what you're doing. Stop. Don't have, don't do anything. Pause and say, huh, what is this reaction that I'm having? And what does it say about me? What does my reaction reflect in me that I can't see? Because usually when we have an emotional reaction in our lives, we point the finger out there and we say, well, this happened and that happened and she and he and blah, blah, blah. I don't care about any of that. 
What I want you to practice and what I practice, what I want all of us to practice is what does my reaction to this situation say about me? And as soon as I notice it and I say, oh, maybe it says that I am uncomfortable. Maybe it says that I'm insecure. Maybe it says that I'm um, feeling sensitive. Then you go to step two, which is assessment, which is where is this coming from? Why are you feeling that way right now? Is the situation triggering something in you from your childhood? Is it an unresolved baggage? Is it specific to the present moment where you're in an argument with someone where you disagree? Does it make you feel stupid? Does it make you feel less close to them? What is it about you that is causing this to emerge? That's the deeper dive. And you can take that deep dive very, very deep. And I would recommend always a very good therapist to help you do it because oftentimes unpacking our self-deceptive tendencies really does require an objective observer to say, um, you know what, can I just, just hold up a mirror for you for just a moment in a loving, compassionate, safe way and say, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm noticing in you. Do you see that in you? Let's try to figure out where this is coming from. Where is this reaction coming from? Why are you having this emotion? Or why are you having that thinking pattern? Or why are you having that behavior? And then the third step, of course, is action. Action. Because understanding yourself is not enough to change. When you realize that you're having a reaction to something that's a result of you, now you're at a choice point. What are you going to do with this information? And inaction is a choice. If you learn something about yourself and you choose to do nothing, psychologically, it's going to hurt you more because now you know better. You're no longer in the dark. You're not in the self-deceptive muck anymore. You are now very aware of how you're acting or how you're thinking or what you're doing and you're choosing not to change. That is on you and it will hurt you. So awareness, assessment, and action. The more you do that over the course of every day of your life, the more self-honest you're going to be. And the more self-honest you're going to be, the more you can work towards having a self-accepting viewpoint of yourself that is really reflecting of, of, of who you are, really reflective of, of who you want to be, and then you take steps to get yourself to the person you're aspiring to. Mm. That's how I would describe them as being interrelated. Yeah, that's really amazing. And I really love the three A's that you mentioned. You know, it, it's really practical and applies in different situations. So awareness, assessment and action. But I think yeah. one of the things that I would notice um, from the, uh, the description that you just mentioned about these three um, areas would be pausing is extremely challenging because we're in the heat of the moment. All we want is just to get it out of our system, at least for me. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm in the, mm -hmm. in the heat of the moment and I have a really discussion, I just want to get it out of my system. And the last thing I want to do is to pause and observe how I was reacting to the situation. Um, so I guess, yeah, if, if, it's, if it helps, then it's to bear in mind that we can take pauses. It's not about mm -hmm. 
reacting all the times or, you know, acting all the times as well. Like that is something that I'm trying to learn um, a lot these days. And because mm -hmm. in the past, I used to think if there's a situation, I need to act straight away. I need to react to it straight away. But now mm -hmm. with time, with a lot of reading and self-work, I've realized that if something is really bothering me, I am allowed to take a moment, mm -hmm. whether it be in a situation where I'm by myself and mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we're, a lot of the, our activities are virtual nowadays, right? So if I'm seeing something from someone that I know or uh, from a, an interaction online and I'm like, I want to react to this. This doesn't make me happy at all. Then mm -hmm. now I'm actually better at just pausing and looking at it objectively and say, okay, I'm feeling a bit sad because I was expecting much more than this, but you know what? That's just my expectation. I need to work on that. And mm -hmm. I find it to be helpful for me. And I feel like it's something related to what you're talking about. So mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going into the right direction. It sounds like you are. Yeah. You know, I, I use a lot of self-disclosure when I talk about self-deception for a few reasons, but one of them is just to be sure that everybody understands that I am not immune, whether I'm a doctor or a, you know, car dealer or a, I don't know, any occupation. None of us are immune. I'm a human being first. Yeah. And I, you, I gave a TED talk a number of years ago on self-deception and I used myself in romantic relationships as an experience because I struggled so much in my romantic relationships as a, as a child or as an adolescent through my 20s. And in my clients and in, in patients that I work with over the years, romantic relationships are one of the main reasons people end up in therapy, as you might imagine, because yeah. they're so foundational, they're so important, but they're also so hard because they bring out a large chunk of our insecurities. Yeah. So a, a really common example that I give to people is I remember the first person I fell in love with, we dated for a while and there was one night and he literally just said to me, I'm going out with my friends, I'll see you later. And I went <gasps> inside. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. And he left and I had to pause because there was nothing in the situation that made any sense that would produce my reaction. Yeah. And that was really the start of my own journey of understanding where my reactions were coming from and why I had such extreme reactions to situations that really didn't warrant the reaction. So that's another example I'm offering to you as when you have a reaction that does not match the external circumstances, when what you're thinking doesn't match how, what you're, how you're feeling, when you see that there isn't anything objectively wrong, but you are have, you're flaring, your emotions are flaring, your thoughts are racing, your physiology is on fire, you're panicked, you wanna run out of the room, you wanna hit somebody, you wanna yell at somebody, yeah. pause, mm. pause. Mm. Because I guarantee you something is going on inside of you. And this is your best opportunity to learn what it is. Wow. This is understanding yourself. This is the process yeah. 
of self-honesty. Yeah, I think that would hit hard for some of us, actually. <laughs> That's very relatable. And thank you for being very honest with us and with our, with yourself. Um, yes. I think, uh, yeah, this, this is a great example because when we are talking about a topic like this, it's good to give examples from ourselves and that way it's much more relatable. And for you, like I could totally imagine what happened back then for you to be here today. And it makes more sense now that you're so passionate about this area. Um, that reminds mm -hmm. me, actually, actually that reminds me of um, a situation that also happened to me. And I, I think that like this is also relatable. Like um, I think a couple of years ago, I had a situation where, it, you know, just out of the blue, I had a friendship breakup, not a romantic mm -hmm. relationship. I had a friendship breakup mm -hmm. out of the blue, yeah. out of nowhere. Um, and uh, one of my best friends just randomly said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's a backstory to it, which I'm not going to bore you with. But mm -hmm. it was hard for me because friendships to me is just second after family, even before mm -hmm. romantic relationships. So my friends are really important to me. And I didn't understand mm -hmm. why, because I always go out of my way to talk to my friends, to help them, to be there for them. And this happened. Mm -hmm. And in the past, had it been a couple of years prior, I probably would have imploded and exploded at the same time. Now, this yeah. time, however, I went into physical shock for the first time. I was mm. not familiar with the sensation. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do, but I actually mm. paused. Instead of, instead of responding to this friend straight away, I paused. And in the mm -hmm. past, I know that I would have probably tried uh, to make a fight out of it or something just to like unpack it. But when I mm -hmm. look at the situation in its wholeness, I knew that, you know what, there's nothing to, to do anymore because... If it's like so, if it has been ended by this one side, one party, there's no mm -hmm. point in me trying to, first of all, hurt myself even further. And mm -hmm. second of all, make it worse by making a mm -hmm. fight out of it. And so mm -hmm. I decided that there will be much more for me to reflect on. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm okay with that decision, even though that was not a decision that I made. It was not a mutual decision either. It was made on my behalf. It was really shocking. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. um, and it was really different from anything else that I, I'd ever done before because I love my friends and I always make fights out of little things like that. But for the first time in my life, I was okay with it. And it made sense to me as well. The whole situation made sense to me. For the first time in my life, I was pausing I think for, probably for an hour or so, and then responding with the, the most loving message I could and just wish them all the best. And I think for me, that was a step towards self-honesty, self-acceptance, and even self-awareness because I understood the situation. I understood what I did. Uh, and of course, there were things that I did wrong. I was not mm -hmm. fully in the right. There were things sure. that was, were wrong towards me as well, but you know what, it happened. And that's one of the things about life. And I accepted that fully um, because I accepted myself. So there's another example. That sounds like a fantastic example. And it sounds certainly like you were doing the self-assessment and pausing and figuring out 
how am I going to respond? Who do I want to be in my response? And it yeah. sounds like you want to be loving and yeah. caring yeah. because that's how we want to be at our best selves, right? Yeah. How can we be ourselves? Yeah. It sounds like you did that, which Thanks. is amazing. And then you step away and now you have time to process more deeply on your own. Yeah. Okay. What does this say about me? How did I contribute to the relationship not working? Yeah. What do I need to learn about myself so that I don't do this in the future? Or maybe this actually was exactly what needed to happen because we weren't compatible anymore in some exactly. way, right? Yeah. Unpacking. 100%. That's exactly what happened. And, and I'm happy to report that it all made sense. It still mm -hmm. makes sense now. And it's absolutely okay how it happened. It had to happen. And um, yeah, I, I could just sit there and wallow. I could just do nothing. Could. That's a choice, by the way. Yeah, but I, I didn't. And yeah, I think that just helps me to appreciate my other great friends even more and, and do some more self-work on that area. And I find that uh, I think this would be relatable to a lot of people because when I was finally okay enough to talk about this with others, mm -hmm. I've actually started to hear very similar stories. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think for us, uh, we, we all had different reactions when it came to the similar situation, but um, having that level of self-awareness and like you said, pausing to assess, um, when when I noticed that, I know that it's kind of like a level up in my adulting journey because I'm like, I'm adulting now, probably. I'm not, you know, like a teenager that's kind of like mad about the fact that my friend's not my friend anymore. So mm -hmm. yeah, to me, it's, it's a really uh, one step to for myself in the right direction and that probably has led me to be here. So I'm not complaining, talking to Dr. Dr. Courtney. There you go. Absolutely. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. you. Definitely give yourself credit when you realize you do it. That also goes a long way towards the self-acceptance, right? Yeah. Where you, you get to give yourself credit when you practice doing it differently and it's yeah. healthier for you. It's healthier yeah. for everybody around you. Yeah. Hundred percent. It was definitely a, a journey. It's like, especially when we're talking about well-being, it's not an easy journey. There will there will be a lot of there has been lots of ups and downs. But you know, overall, I can say you know it's been good for my well-being. Um, and also, I think um, one of the factors I want to build on this story to go to the next point, which is um, when I went on this journey, I realized that I was wrong in certain areas as well, and I accepted that, and I was honest with myself about the fact that, yep, there were things that were wrong there that I did. And in that situation, I had self-honesty. But I could only imagine what would have happened had it not been there. And I think you, you said earlier that the opposite of self-honesty is self-deception. So what would be the consequence of a lack of self-honesty? Or in other words, what would be the consequences of purely living in self-deception? Well, there are a couple of massive ones. The first one is you're going to thwart your own growth. So you're going to hurt yourself in the wrong one because let's say you couldn't acknowledge parts of you were contributing to this relationship. Probably what you would do is be very bitter and angry and continue to blame the other person or um, characterize them as a horrible person or some version of it that allows you to not look at yourself, right? So it will hurt you. It yeah. will harm you if you can't be honest with yourself. 
because you can't make deliberate choices based in reality. It will also harm your relationships because if you can't see how you're contributing to the world, to your experience of the world, which includes your relationships, um, you will pass along all of your self-deceptive lies through your behaviors and your feelings and your ways of being in the world. And you can do a lot of damage that way also. Mm. Both of those put together, I will always say that I think the overarching consequence of self-deception is you will have a lot of regret because in the moments where you actually do get it or you hit rock bottom or something in your life absolutely falls apart, which is going to happen to all of us at some point, you will look back and say, I knew better and I didn't do it. And if you damaged your relationship with your friends, with your children, with your colleagues, with your family, with your job, financially, you got in trouble with the law, you name it. Mm. At some point, you will have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, and I am partially responsible for this. And that sucks because you can't change the past. You can learn to see the past differently. You can learn from the past. But if you're not honestly making choices based in reality, you can do a lot of damage that will ultimately lead you to regret your choices. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think it's hard to even understand the consequences that you just mentioned, but we all need to keep that in the back of our minds when we make our daily choices, right? Because it's mm -hmm. definitely going to be interrelated. You're, mm -hmm. you're going to make... Uh, some decisions or you're going to act on certain things without self-awareness, self-honesty, and that will create those consequences that you just mentioned. Um, I think one of the main things nowadays, uh, you know, especially in the age of social media on, on this topic, uh, we're talking about self-acceptance. Um, there's this very big topic of body image. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going into a little bit of a different direction, but I think this is interesting mm -hmm. because body image is something that a lot of people struggle with. Mm -hmm. And this applies to all age group, all genders. Yes. And yes. Um, for, for, for me, I feel like it's definitely has, uh, a, there's a correlation between uh, the body image that uh, we struggle with and also self-acceptance. And mm -hmm. because you've, you know, you've worked with a lot of um, people in this area, I feel like you might have a lot of insights that will be interesting here. So what would be your take on this? Oh, yes. Well, as someone who specializes in eating disorders, certainly I would say that body image is a struggle for actually the majority of humans. It's not even a problem of the minority. It's a problem for people. And I think there are lots of complicated reasons for that. But in terms of self-acceptance, there is so much of an emphasis culturally on attaining the ideal version of yourself, being perfect, striving to be perfect. Our marketing is aimed at getting us to feel badly about ourselves so that we will buy this product or use this diet or do whatever this next thing is. And so I think we are raised in a context in which the framework says you're not good enough just the way that you are 
or the way that you look. You can do all of these things to change the way that you look and you should. And when you do, you should be perfect. And then maybe you'll feel okay about how you look. When the reality is that there is so much diversity in our appearances and our physical appearances over time, over racial groups, genders, just genetics, simple genetics, you're going to look very much like your parents looked in some ways, right? Those are not things that are changeable. Those are, unless you're going to use surgery, which is also on the rise everywhere. So the reality is that I hope and aspire to help people to have a positive relationship with their body with their physical appearance. I don't want them to ignore their appearance or try to um, downplay its importance. I actually think having a good relationship with your body is really important to your own well-being. But to couch it in the context of what makes me feel good about me and how I look given my general appearance. So you're a certain height, you have certain features, how can you feel good about those? And so again, trying to turn it on yourself and say, I'm not aspiring to that ideal. I'm not trying to be 18 when I'm 45, Mm -hmm. for example. I'm not doing that. I am saying, this is me. This is generally what I look like. This is what I can do to help me feel good about me and what what my general appearance is. and, And I wanna take care of my health. So I'm going to eat well, or I'm going to exercise. And that makes me feel good. Mm. And you try to do that over the course of your life, every day of your life. Mm. Yeah. That is also very important because in the previous part, we mentioned about our internal battles about, you know, like how we react to situations, how we communicate with others. And now we're touching Mm. on um, another aspect, which is our physical appearance. And you're so right. It's that we just we are different and that's how we're supposed to be. You know, we're not supposed to be a model or look like the exact model that you see. Um, And I know a lot of people go through surgery because they want to look a certain way and I respect their choices. Um, However, Mm -hmm. I I do agree with you in saying that it's so, so important that we um, accept ourselves as we are, you know, appearance Mm -hmm. inclusive. And um, this factors into the last point that we want to touch on because we've talked about... Um, accepting ourselves, uh, how we behave, um, our tendencies, our biases. And we've talked about accepting ourselves as we are, given our appearances, um, our body image. And all of that is to say we want to accept ourselves wholly as we are. So it's really hard to be able to understand if you are actually doing this, actually. And we really want to help our audience to understand and perhaps have some reference point to understand if they are accepting themselves unconditionally. So what would be your message on that? How do they know? How do we know that we are accepting ourselves uh, fully um, and being honest with ourselves unconditionally? I would say you probably aren't. And it's a lifelong journey. I probably am not either. I think it's more of an aspiration than it is an actual outcome. Mm. So I'm not sure that I would say to anyone, you're being fully honest with yourself. Perhaps some days, maybe some of us are, but I think that's probably the exception. The really tricky part about this 
as I would describe this in psychological terms, we talk a lot about dialectics sometimes, um, where you have, it's like a yin yang idea where you have two opposing forces that, that actually work together, but they seem like polar opposites. So when you talk about self-acceptance on the one hand, we want people to feel valuable and loved and important in their own skin, just as they are. And on the other hand, we are always going to be aspiring to change. Mm. Because the more honest you are with yourself and the more you go through life and have experiences and learn, the more you're going to be confronted with, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to need to shift this. And so you're kind of always playing with this, accept myself as I am, but change. Yeah. Dynamic. Mm. I think that the most important part to me about self-acceptance is that people believe they have inherent value. Yeah. That whether they look like a supermodel or not, whether they're perfect or not, whether they messed up or not, they still have inherent value. Mm. And that doesn't change. Yeah. And that over time, when you are aware of things about yourself or your life that you don't like, or that you think aren't healthy for you, or that you want to evolve and grow, you're compelled to do it differently, but it doesn't change your value. It is the next step in your growth process. So I guess that's maybe a very complicated oh. response, but that's what I would say about it that. Is, yeah, it is uh, definitely complicated, but I think there's a lot of values that you can pick from there because mm-hmm. I really love that you said it's not, uh, be, you're accepting yourselves uh, unconditionally. Um, it's not something that we have. It's like more like, an aspiration and we're continually on that journey uh, of course your your words were more beautiful than than what i was saying but um overall i think that's great coming from you because if you're saying that oh i am accepting myself unconditionally all the time then there will be there's a little there's a level of i would say let's say i'm intimidated by that a little bit of that because mm. I will be scared. I will be intimidated to actually start the journey because, oh, it's so perfect. You're, do, you're doing it perfectly. I don't know if I yeah. can. Or uh, on the other hand, I can get into the false state of, oh, yeah, she's accepting herself unconditionally. I am too. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I won't have that level of self-awareness and pausing and assessing the situations in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for me, is also really dangerous. So it is complicated, mm-hmm. but I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you know, this message is going out there and hopefully it'll reach a lot of people and it will help to impact lives in meaningful ways. Um, mm-hmm. And so really thank you, um, Dr. Courtney, for sharing your insights on this topic. Um, so now I want to get us uh, to a stage where we're getting practical and okay. we'll do this, do this really quickly, but um, let's talk about a practice that you do. Because uh, now that we've talked a lot about the theories, let's Talk about it in practice because uh, our listeners might want to actually try something after today. Um, And so my question for you would be, what would be a practice that you do to practice self-honesty and move towards self-acceptance? Well, I do a lot of things and I would encourage anyone who's interested in therapy 
to try it because it really is a gift you're giving yourself. You're giving yourself another human whose only job is to help you evolve and grow and understand yourself, which is such a gift. Um, But a couple of things I do, I journal pretty much every day. Uh, I think it is an incredible way of reflecting on yourself and trying to be objective. I oftentimes will journal about um, observations I had in my own feelings or thoughts or behaviors from the previous day to try to unpack anything that was unsettling to me or anything that's difficult that's going on in my life that I'm trying to understand. Again, I'm trying to assess at a deeper level and become aware of more objectively. Journaling is also very healing because once you've written it down on paper, it's somehow a little bit more real because it's there in writing and it's true then as opposed to just stuck in your own mind where you can kind of put it over to the side. Yeah. Um, I also journal about the three A's of authenticity, the awareness, assessment, and action. So as soon as you become aware of something, I would highly recommend that you just grab your journal, write down whatever thoughts are running through your mind, any feelings, emotions you're having, any physiological sensations you're having. Mm -hmm. And as you do that, you're going to inherently become more aware of what's going on with you. And you can then assess it at a deeper level to figure out where it's coming from and how you want to respond. So I would very strongly encourage that. I also would strongly encourage people to practice radical acceptance, what I would call radical acceptance, which is somewhat of what you did with your breakup situation with your friends. There are situations we're all going to encounter over the course of our lives that we don't want or that hurt us or that are just excruciatingly painful in the moment. And a lot of times it's in those moments that we're the most reactive and the most self-deceptive because acknowledging the truth of it stings so much. Yet, the more you can come to a place where you say, this is what's happening and see it for exactly as it is, You are essentially exposing yourself to it and removing the power from it over time so that eventually you'll be able to say it and see it just like you talked about it now without having the sting anymore. And so I highly encourage people to practice that. If there's something that you just can't quite get over that's just anytime you think about it, you still bristle or it still hurts you, try to sit down and literally confront it head on. Say, this is exactly what happened. Mm. Wow. Okay. It is what it is. Now what? What am I going to do with this? How can I get over it? How can I let it go? How can I forgive it? How can I detach from the energy of it so it doesn't weigh me down and harm me in my current life? Because if it does, I guarantee you, you'll pass it on to everyone around you in ways that you can't see and don't understand until it's too late. And then you have a whole bunch of regret because you'll harm those other relationships and yourself in the process. Yeah. So journaling, radical acceptance, doing the three A's in your journal. And therapy. Really and awesome. therapy. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's a, that's a mix and it's a great combination of different practices. Uh, so I want to hone in on one that is probably both easy and hard for people, which is radical acceptance. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned um, the, how good it is for you to have it in your life and how, how you would practice it. Uh, but let's recap then. So say I'm practicing radical acceptance. What will be the Mm -hmm. three good things that I'll get out of this practice? Well, you're going to get more honest with yourself. Right. 
You're going to grow your self-esteem yep. because you're going to get stronger because you're going to be able to tolerate the truth yep. without making up any other realities about it. Yeah. And you're going to make better choices yep. in response because you see it exactly as it is. Even if it hurts so much in that moment, eventually you're going to say, this is what it is. I, my spouse cheated on me. My friend broke up with me. I lost my job. My parent died. Uh, you name it. I got in a car accident. I have a DUI. Yep. Here it is. This sucks. This hurts, but it doesn't change the truth to modify it in your own mind. Mm. So if you can confront it and see it exactly as it is right in front of you, and learn to tolerate it over time, it won't affect you anymore. Yeah. You'll see it and you'll say, yep, that totally happened. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yeah. It was really painful at the time, but yeah. actually here are the gifts that I got from it. Yeah. I learned that I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. Mm. I learned that I actually really am kind of dysfunctional in my relationships with people and here's why, and here's how it manifests and here's how it hurts me. Yeah. And you'll, you'll come up with this wonderful mm. gift of these experiences yeah. that won't weigh you down as you move forward. Yeah. Thank you. Great recap. And I would imagine for, for most of us, this might be really new. So there will be challenges. So what would be three challenges that we should be aware of once we started to practice radical acceptance? Oh, boy, you're going to have to make some changes in your life. Yeah. The biggest challenge I think for people when they start, when they say, no, Dr. Courtney, I want, I want to know myself better. I want to understand myself better. I want to feel better about who I am as a person. And I'll say, okay, here we go. Let's dive in. And then they say, oh, wow. Okay. Well, if this is true, then this is also true. Then this is also true. Then maybe I have to quit my job. And I say, yeah, maybe you do. Maybe I have to break up with this person. Mm. Yeah, maybe you do. Maybe they're not good. Maybe I have to set better boundaries with this friend or with my parents, or maybe I can't really be in this social group anymore. Maybe I can't drink anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It will be uncomfortable. The, yes. The hardest part is that as you start to see it, you can't unsee it. And it means that you're going to have to make some actual behavioral practical changes in your life probably. But the beautiful thing about it is the outcome of those changes is probably going to be far more fulfilling to you in the long run. Mm. That's really good. But how do you set time to do this? Is it something you do daily when you're journaling? How do you actually get down to it? Yeah, I think it's a daily practice. It's really a philosophical <laughs> way of living. Yeah. Do you want to be a conscious human? Yeah. How invested are you mm. in understanding yourself? And how yeah. important is it to you mm. to grow and evolve and mm. feel safe and sound in your own skin in a very honest way? And if that's important to you, it's a daily practice. Yeah. It's not something that everybody's going to want to do. And I don't mean this in, in any disrespectful way, but it's too hard mm. for a lot of people. And they will, they will do it when they're in crisis because they don't have a choice because they're in so much pain. And then they will soon revert back to the bubble 
because it's more comfortable. Mm, yeah, so true. It will be hard, but it will be worth it. That's the message. That is my strong belief. Yeah. Yes. It's hard and worth it, but it does get easier. I should absolutely say the more you practice, the easier it gets. Yeah. Because yeah. you know yourself and you'll feel stronger. You'll be stronger. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So Dr. Courtney, I'm curious because we have different age groups and uh, you know, with different level of maturity, this will come a bit easier than others. Would, yes. Who would you recommend this practice to? Anyone, any ages. Mm. I do this with my kids who are from the time they could figure out their reactions. Like, oh, you're having a reaction right now. Let's pause. <laughs> yeah. Let's pause. What is it that you're feeling? What is it that you're thinking? Huh, let's see if that's accurate. What evidence do you have that that thought is true? Hmm, it seems a little suspect to me. Let's mm. see if we can reframe this in a way that's more self-reflective of reality and that will help you move forward feeling better about yourself and yeah. your life and your choices. Yeah. I think you can do a version of it with any age, really anyone who's interested. Wow. Yes. And I love the example that you gave about your kids. I think a lot of parents will definitely pick this up straight away and try it with their kids in a in a fun way, perhaps, to kind of oh. instill this in them from a really young age. Because if so, they'll grow up to be really healthy adults. And that's the goal. Yes. Amazing. And sometimes they'll laugh at you. My, my <laughs> daughter is nine. And sometimes she'll come to me after she has a meltdown or a reaction. She'll say, Mom, I don't even know what was going through my mind. I, I don't even know what happened right there. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. And then she recovers and yeah. then she moves forward. Yeah. Oh, she's lucky to have a mom that's, you know, this is mom's specialty. Let me help and laugh together and have fun out of it. Uh, yeah. Great. So thank you so much, Dr. Courtney, to talk, um, for sharing about your own practice and being so honest with us, you know, honest with, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you're, you're practicing some honesty right there. So now we want to get you to answer some questions from our audience. And I think these questions might um, cover some of the things that we mentioned before, but if you can dive a bit more into the questions, it'll be great. Um, there are two questions today. So question, the first question is, how should I encourage myself to be honest with myself? How should you encourage yourself to be honest with yourself? Yeah. Hmm. How do we go you about know, that? People are most motivated to change, fortunately or unfortunately, when they're so uncomfortable that they can't afford to stay the same. So when people are doing pretty well, they generally don't come into my office. <laughs> that's generally not the time that people are inspired and motivated to do things differently. But I would say that if you can find the spark and the desire in, in yourself, even if you're not in a time of crisis, it serves you so much better if you start practicing before you're in crisis, because you'll already have the tools to get through it more easily. Yeah. So I would encourage you to practice because really the end goal is for you to live the best life possible. And only, only you know what that is and what yeah. that looks like. And to figure out what that is, you, you have to be honest with yourself about who you are and what you need so that you don't end up regretting the life that you live. Oh, what a beautiful message. I really love that. There we go. That's, that's how you're going to, you're going to, 
start, get started with being um, self-honest and Dr. Courtney's in your ears, uh, reminding you to do this for your life. I think it's already a good start. But yeah, we, we need to internalize the message because we need to really feel it to start working on it. Um, if we don't mm-hmm. believe in it, then we might forget about it. You know, after listening to the podcast, it might just slip right out. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first question. The second question we have is interesting. I, I, I'm not sure which angle you're going to take, but uh, the question goes, can we say that self-honesty is always the answer? And can we apply the concept of the truth doesn't always make things right here with self-honesty? So interesting. Mm. So here's my my real answer. I think that the goal is always self-honesty. Mm. Because I think that the main motivation for not being honest with yourself is insecurity. Mm. And I think that trauma, insecurity, pain, that is not the place from which you want to make choices. Don't make choices from a place of weakness and wounds. It doesn't serve any of us well. You make choices from a place of strength. And so my goal for myself and my goal for people that I'm lucky enough to work with is for you to become as honest with yourself as humanly possible. And that's the lifelong journey. That does not mean, however, that I think it's always in your best interest to be honest with others about <laughs> what you learned. Right. Now that might seem kind of strange, but being honest with others really depends on a lot of factors. Your relationship with them, how vulnerable you want to be, how much you trust them, whether it's something you're comfortable sharing or not. And so I don't want people to confuse self-honesty with meaning that you have to disclose everything about yourself to the world. I don't necessarily think that that's in your best interest all the time. It depends. But I think the more honest you can be with yourself, the better. Mm. That's very interesting because we did not talk about the fact that we don't necessarily need to tell others about what we tell ourselves, right? It's just a matter of making sure we have the security we'll be uh, we are you know self honest enough we accept ourselves as we are so that we don't come mm-hmm. into situations where we don't know how to navigate through our emotions or you know cope with mm-hmm. things that might come from outside from external factors and yeah i think mm-hmm. that's the goal it's it's not about um going around and broadcasting your message but it's more so uh building yourself up as the person that you're proud of, the person that you want to be in, be secure enough so that whatever comes your way, you can deal with um, the right. situation. So yeah, I think that's that's a great way to answer this question. And I, f- I find this question to be very interesting. I didn't know what was going to come out of it because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to answer this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I good. also better be sure to say that doesn't mean that I think you should lie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> of do, course. I do not think you should lie to other people. But just because you acknowledge something is true for yourself does not mean that you have to share it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for clarifying, Dr. Courtney. And finally, before we let you go, we would love for you to spread a message. I know we've talked a lot about self-honesty, self-acceptance. We've talked about the three A's today. We've got a lot of practical tips that we can take away. And I really appreciate that you mentioned radical acceptance. And I will definitely try and do this in my daily journal as well. But mm-hmm. what about something else that you might be passionate about? This is open mic. 
you can talk about anything you want. There's your platform. What would you like our audience to know or to embrace? Mm. So I'm just, I just wrote a book on breakups and love addiction, as I said earlier. Yep. And I think one thing I want people to know is that relationships are really the cornerstone of our experience as humans. And they're really hard. And so if you're out there thinking, okay, I'm trying to understand myself, but my relationships are so hard. And I'm then also dealing with who they are and other people. And then the nuances between the two of us, and it's so messy and complicated. I want to say to you, yes, the answer is yes. It completely is. Relationships, whether they're romantic or not, are are very challenging because you're confronted with yourself in a different way while you're negotiating who they are as they try to figure out who they are and confront themselves and then how you communicate that to each other. Um, But I also want to say that relationships are really our best mechanism for growth because you are very unlikely to learn about yourself and your internal struggles sitting on a mountain by yourself. You're going to learn them because you interact with somebody in a situation where you flare. Hmm. That's when you're going to learn the most. And so I strongly encourage as messy and difficult as they can be for people to have interactions that are as authentic as possible with people that they trust and ask them how they see them. Ask them if you're willing to, what do you notice about me? what is it in this situation that I'm not seeing that I need to see that you probably see very clearly because seeing things in ourselves is so much harder than seeing it in other people that we know and use your relationships as an opportunity for growth. Even when they break your heart, even when you go through some where you're like, this is absolutely heart wrenchingly miserable Mm. because it is what will propel you forward the fastest. Mm. I really love that message. And on that note, how can we find out about the book? The book, it it will be on sale starting in January 2023. It's called Letting Go of Your Ex. I also wrote a short book on self-deception. If people are interested more in that construct, there's a lot of honesty in the Letting Go of Your Ex book as well. Yeah. But there is a... a short book that you can also get online on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever you guys buy books. Um, that's called Lies We Tell Ourselves. Oh, so letting go of your ex and lies we tell ourselves. I love the names. Um, and finally, <laughs> before we let you go, Dr. Courtney, if our listeners want to find out more about you, which websites or which social media platform should they go and check out? Yes. DrCourtney.com is my website. You're welcome to go there. It's got a lot of information on many of the topics we talked about today. I write a blog for Psychology Today, which is a big outlet in the United States that you can link to and they'll send it to you when it comes out. Um, I'm on Twitter and I I honestly am not the best social media user, but there'll be posts on things that I write from Facebook on all the major media, social media outlets. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing about your journey, being so honest with us um, in the scope of your self-honesty. And we know more about your books. And actually, I'm excited to 
actually read both of your books and I'll let you know how I go. Um, I really enjoy this conversation. It's definitely made my Friday. It's Friday here. And uh, I will go and tell my team and all my friends about what I've learned, um, especially radical acceptance. Um, and I hope you have a really, really wonderful night ahead uh, with your daughters and your family. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. You've been listening to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by the Wellbeing Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website at we.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Lu Ngo. Thanks for tuning in.